Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Department Podcast. It is time for some NBA talk. We have not done this in a long time, Jesse, and we have a new face on the podcast, our good friend, Chris Douglas. He is a Knicks sufferer, just like myself. Um, he is one of our very good friends for a very long time, and we are very happy to have him on the podcast. But, you know, Jesse, like I said, we haven't talked NBA in a while. We're a couple weeks in now. Um, got a couple surprising teams, a couple teams uh, underperforming, a couple players underperforming. Uh, so we have a lot to get to, and we're going to get through it all. First off, how you guys doing? I'm doing good. I'm always, always excited to talk to my good friend, Chris Douglas. Very happy to have him on the pod. Very excited to talk about some NBA because it has been a very, very long time. Hell yeah, that's right. Um, thank you guys for having me so much. Excited to uh, talk, to, talk about this NBA season because it started out really hot. I really like how this season's going so far. Chris, I heard you are traveling to Indianapolis for the game tomorrow night against with the Jets. I know you're. I know you're a big Mike, Mike White guy now. So. Uh, listen, in Mike White, we trust. I will not be <laughs> at the game. The schedule is absolutely clear for the game, though. I will be tuned in and locked in. See if see if his Jets. If Mike White be- has another good week. Do you put Wilson back in? I think you you milk the Wilson injury as long as you can. Just, you know, like continue to say, okay, now he's hurt. Like maybe put him on the IR, throw him on three week IR. Oof. We will see if they can perform better than his Mets did towards the end of the season. But n- enough enough smack talk here between us, Taking Chris. Jabs. Let's let let's get right into the NBA here. So just looking over the standings real quick. Miami is leading the East at six and one, followed by the Sixers and the Bulls, both at six and two. Looking at the West, no surprise. Utah always a great regular season team at six and one, followed by the Warriors at five and one, the uh, the Lakers at five and three. Some surprises so far. We see in the East, Boston is three and five, Milwaukee is four and four, the Nets four and three. They're getting back to their winning ways, though. Jesse five and three, uh, five and three. Excuse me, ESPN has not updated their. Um, their standings. And then you have a team like the new Orleans Pelicans sitting at one and seven. Um, so just right from the jump, what's a team that is very underwhelming so far that you thought would have started off better. I mean, in my opinion, it's gotta be Boston. Um, looking at that team, you have two, you have two guys who are, you know, supposed to be built for the regular season and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, whether how far you think they can get you in the playoffs or not, that's a different discussion but they should be winning regular season games. Um, You have to worry um, about the long-term effects COVID's going to have on Tatum's body because he still continues to bring it up um, about the effects that it has about how he still can't play many minutes at a long stretch without getting fatigued. Um, And Jalen Brown has tried to really step up, um, but you've seen Marcus Smart called these guys out saying they needed to learn how to pass in certain situations they have a new coach coming in. There was obviously the problems in the offseason with Brad Stevens allegedly wanting to step away. They didn't want to lose him, so they offered him a promotion where he could kind of step away from the floor. And then, you know, they lost Kemba. They brought Schroeder in. And then, obviously, you're wondering about that fit. So Boston just had a lot of pieces moving that I think a lot of us thought, well, they have Jason Tatum, they have Jalen Brown, they'll be fine. When in reality, we're giving those guys a little bit too much credit where they're still really young. 
So they kind of are going through a progressive moving forward um, team. And we need to kind of realize they're not the Brad Stevens Celtics anymore. This is probably going to be a team that's going to need to feel out what they are. And we might be 20 games into the season and they might be sitting at eight and 12 or maybe even seven and 13. And they might be putting up good individual numbers, but I don't know how good this team is actually going to be. I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly, Jesse, about the Celtics. I mean, they're they're really in a bad spot, especially with Marcus Smart calling out the team. That's just not a good look. Um, less than 10 games into the season. The team I want to point out is the um, the Cavaliers. I thought Honestly, I thought that they'd be a little bit challenging for teams to defend with seven-footers everywhere, length everywhere, and young guys taking the next step. You have Colin Sexton, who is really instant offense at any time. Um, and I like their move to get Lori Marketing. I really thought that they would be a more impressive team thus far. Even though they're over 500, it's, it's a decent look for them so far. But I feel like this is a team that's going to squeak into the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Celtics, they're, I think they're headed for the lottery for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with both of you. I read a report today that the Celtics apparently had a players-only meeting. So hopefully they today, get some, yeah. uh, some chemistry issues worked out there. I'm going to go with the team that made it to the chip last year with the Phoenix Suns sitting at three and three on the season. The losses they've had have been ugly. They lost to the Kings. They lost to the Trailblazers by almost 30. They lost the Nuggets on opening night. And the two teams they beat were the, uh, the three teams they beat were the Lakers, Cavaliers, and Pelicans, three teams that are not, uh, not the best. So definitely a little bit of a scary start for the Suns. But again, it, it's so early to judge any of these, uh, any of these teams so far, but um and then again, like you have a team like the Bucks sitting at four and four who came out on opening night and, you know, looked really good against the Brooklyn Nets. So it's uh, immediately got hit with the injury bug and yeah. COVID protocols. I mean, I think legitimately right now, Grayson Allen, I think is like their second best player. That's so bad. That's a bad look. It is. It's horrible. That's horrible. The, the Bucks are so, having a real championship hangover. And I don't yeah, think we're gonna we see. really expected them to come back and win it all again, did we? No. We'll come, I think we all – everybody when Milwaukee won, everybody <laughs> was in – come on. We all were in agreement. It took Kyrie Irving going down. It took Harden having one hamstring. And then even the Hawks series, you could argue that if they play Philly, they have a much harder um, way to get to the championship. Last year, the way the Eastern Conference shook out was devastating, to say yeah. the least. So, I mean, I don't think anybody really thinks Milwaukee's going back. Um, and, and, I mean, we'll see. Their biggest thing all of last year through the playoffs, through the regular season, was their guys played a lot of minutes together. They didn't get hurt. Yeah. That was – that's the biggest thing. They didn't – they did not get hurt. Um We'll see how that goes now because, as you can see, Chris Middleton's already been out for, I think, nine days. or He should be able yeah. to come back soon. But Drew Holiday's got banged up, I believe, in the original opening game and hasn't really been able to make an impact yeah. yet. And yeah, P.J. I mean, Tucker switching from one Eastern Conference powerhouse to another. Now he's on the heat. I feel like P.J. Tucker huge, was an integral part of the championship he, run. If P.J. Tucker was not on – the Bucks last year, they don't get past the Nets, even with all the injuries. I don't think there's a question about it. 
I think it's the shoe. It has to be the shoe collection, right, Douglas? <laughs> it's it's, it's the, the hard nosed defense. <laughs> you know, Baloney, you know <laughs> get me off guard, man. Nah, he's, he's got he's got an incredible shoe collection. We could talk about that another time. His right, defensive well, versatility is insane. Agreed. Now let's let's flip the script here. We're gonna go from disappointing to impressive, and I'm gonna start off with this one and. Uh, I'm going with a team that was surrounded by drama the entire offseason with one of their star players, Ben Simmons. And just an update on that, he did eventually report to the team, and then it didn't go well from that start, getting thrown out very <laughs> early on in the first practice, saying he's mentally not ready to play yet. But the 76ers somehow still 6-2 and two to start the season. So props to Doc Rivers for, uh, for kicking his team into gear and, uh, and getting them off strong impressed yeah they just they just won a, a good game against the bulls that was pretty tight um really interesting game because they weren't even playing with tobias harris who i hope is okay he has covid um and doc river said he is not doing great um he said some guys get it and they're fine tobias is not um so i really hope he recovers from that and is okay um we still have to see how this Ben Simmons situation shakes out, yeah. but they have been, they have been playing. They've been playing good. Um, I think every time I watch them play, it, it really just makes me laugh when I think about the Dallas Mavericks trading Seth Curry straight up for Josh Richardson. Cause Oh my God, Seth Curry, like legitimately is a top five shooter in the NBA that nobody talks about. I think legitimately he could, he could shoot 50% from three um, if he tried hard enough. I'm ta- like Joe Harris level sniper, but better overall player. Cause he's got handle. He can somewhat defend. They have a really good structure there. Um, and it's, you really have to see how that Simmons situation plays out, but they have every reason to be playing bad and yet they're still pulling together and performing. So you gotta, you gotta give them a round of applause. Yeah, Andre Drummond provided some uh, some good spark there with in the rebounding game, averaging 10 a game. But, Jesse, I know you are very high on him, and this is Tyrese Maxey averaging 14 a game in only his second year. And that is – that's impressive that they got him, what, in the 20s of the draft? Yeah, yeah, 20s, something like that. He fell. Um, but he he's a player that as soon as you saw him in the regular season and playoffs, even with the minutes restrictions and the leash that Docs puts on rookies – I, as soon as I saw him in the playoffs, I thought that makes Ben Simmons expendable. That can be your point guard of the future. He can play with Embiid. He's growing into himself at this super young age. And maybe, you know, you should bring in a veteran guy to help him as well. But he now makes Ben expendable. If Ben's not going to learn how to shoot and Ben's not going to learn how to be as effective as he possibly can be, specifically from the point guard position and not the power forward position, then you need him to commit to becoming a better point guard because Tyrese Maxey is capable of doing all the things that an elite level point guard can do. Douglas, what are you thinking? That's that's no, that's definitely right. Um, that's a great point about Maxey Jesse, because he's like you said, someone who can really stretch the floor and that's their biggest weakness that they encounter when Simmons is on the floor. Um, as far as a prediction with that situation, I don't think Ben Simmons is going to, obviously be on that team he's never going to suit up ever again um we'll see what they can get for him trading a disgruntled star is extremely difficult 
And I bet they're kicking themselves for not doing what Brooklyn did and getting Harden when they could have. Um, I, w- I want to give you guys my, my surprise team, though. Major offseason upgrade um, for the Chicago Bulls to get Lonzo yeah. Ball, DeMar DeRozan. And last year, I was a huge, huge critic of when they traded for Nikola Vucevic. I'm like, what is going on? You're not making the playoffs. You're not making any noise right now. I look like a fool. Their team is very well-rounded. They're going to be able to keep this up for a majority of the season. I think we're looking at a top four seed with Chicago. I, I really love what they did in the offseason, how they've started the season, um, just top to bottom as a full team. Yeah, I mean, you look at Chicago, they flipped almost their full team. Um, and that deal with the Magic now looks like a win-win situation when you look at what Wendell Carter's able to give the Magic, and now you look at what Vucevic is able to give Chicago. So that, that trade definitely works out. Chicago's been a really good team. They've really stepped it up on the defensive end. And um, once their offense catches up, which it eventually will, you know, that's a tough out in the Eastern Conference for sure. That's most likely a second-round team. Um, as far as my most surprising team, I have, I have two to three um, that I think are pretty surprising. First, the Miami Heat. I just simply didn't think Kyle Lowry could change a culture just the way that he did. They play entirely different than they did last year. Last year, they were a methodical half, uh, half-court offense. They were just trying to break you down, you know, these long 16, 17-second possessions. If you watch the Heat now, they play with this incredible pace where they just turn their defense so quickly into offense. And it stems almost entirely from Kyle Lowry and the way he has really pushed this ball movement and this getting out and running. Um, it's, it's really something that Philadelphia should look at and be like, wow, I can't believe we didn't get that guy. Um, Cause he would have totally revitalized my team. Um, and then going off something Douglas said, you know, going with the Cavaliers who have been disappointing, I think it shows you don't win with young guys in this league. There's one team that's winning with young guys, and that's Memphis. That's it. And that's, that's my other surprising team. They continue to win with Desmond Bain, uh, John Morant, these guys who – Jared Jackson, like – Young players don't win in the NBA. You can be so talented. You could be Houston Rockets have a ton of young talent. The Pelicans, ton of young talent. It doesn't record wins, but somehow with the Grizzlies, it does. They're all they just translate into wins. I think it's going to be really interesting to look at the Grizzlies now and last year and then see how they develop, you know, two, three years down the line, because we're waiting for all these other young teams to finally be able to, you know, the Pelicans, Oh, when are they going to make the play in? When is Zion going to be in the playoffs? When are these young teams going to step up? The Grizzlies have already done it and they consistently keep doing it. And I wonder, you know, is there ceiling, are they going to be closer to a Utah Jazz where they're a really good regular season team, but they actually can't go deep into the playoffs? Or are they going to be a really good young team like Denver who continuously tries to get better and continues to push deeper and deeper into the playoffs? I think Memphis is going to be a really interesting team to watch this year and moving forward over the next couple of years. I want to talk about with Douglas's point in the Bulls. I mean, the Bulls did something that we see a lot of teams attempt to do but are not successful, and that's 
make your star happy. And that's what they've done with Zach Levine. I mean, he was, he was miserable in Chicago and with, with uh, Jim Boylan and, you know, like Douglas said, they go out, they get DeRozan, they traded for Vucevic, they sign Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball. And then you look at their, their depth. And I mean, Kobe White, uh, you know, he's a very good spark plug off the bench. And then they have fourth overall pick from last year, Patrick Williams, who is it a reach? Maybe he's done, for, he's done for the year now. Is, is he? he really? I think he so. Is. His wrist. Oof. That was tough. That does hurt. But, um, and then, you know, they bring in Billy Donovan to be head coach, but props to the Bulls for uh, building around their star and, and building something special. I, I do think they're going to see, they're going to see the playoffs this year. Don't think they can win at all. I don't think they have the pieces, but definitely a start. Um, definitely they're heading in the right direction. So it's don't time forget to about the – oh, I'm sorry. Don't forget about no. the Warriors. Clay Thompson's yeah, I, coming back. I was, I was yeah. thinking that as well. Five and one on the year. <laughs> Draymond playing out of his mind. Yeah, Jordan they're, they're back. Also. Jordan Poole's playing pretty good too. As a very good secondary playmaker, scorer. They – that Wiseman pick, man. That really does look bad in retrospect because you couldn't, you can't get anywhere close to what you could have gotten for the number two pick at that time. Or imagine if they actually drafted Lamelo. When they, yeah. then they told him they were going to draft. <laughs> told him they were going to draft him. When is when is Clay due back? All star break. I don't even know. I yeah, don't think so they gave a time. They, they're they're talking about possibly January. I guess. Um, every time I see him on on social media, he's working out. He looks fine, but. I guess, they're, you know, you got to take your time with that type of thing. It's been so long since he played. And I just think last yeah. year was an anomaly for, for the Warriors. It was what, the, the 19 finals he played? That was the last time, right? Yeah. Yep. Tore his, tore his ACL and then while recovering, tore his Achilles. Ridiculous. But the Warriors, they unfortunately seem like they are back to their winning ways. Now it's time for time to get Douglas a little riled up here. The New York Knicks. Oh, man. Here we sitting, go. Start the year 5-1. and one. They fall to the Raptors and the Pacers in back-to-back games, sitting at five and three. Douglas, I mean, Kemba Walker looks confident. He looks healthy so far. I mean, he's going to be getting addressed days, as Jesse likes to tell me. Evan Fournier, their big uh, $78 million man. And Julius Randle keeps putting money in Jesse's pocket. So, overall, a nice start to the season for the Knicks. Um, What are your thoughts so far, Chris? All right, so I've been I was very pleased with um, the start to the season for the New York Knicks and these past two games where they, um, you know, didn't really look very competitive at all uh, versus some lower half of the East teams. It's expected, in my opinion, because they are so they've turned into a team that's heavily reliant on the three point ball. <laughs> and they're yeah. Mm-hmm. So you add Fournier, you add Kemba. Now you're talking about a team who's going to be volume shooting threes like they were. I think they're still top five in the league in attempts. Um, I know they were leading the league about a few days ago um, in attempts and makes. So talk about an entire like shift of their offense. I mean, last year it was really dependent on Randall getting to the basket, creating for someone else, um, a lot of buckets down low. Now we're talking about a team who's at the top of the league and shooting threes. So I don't know what got into Tibbs. I didn't think that was Tibbs' style, but I, I'm, I'm digging it. You know me. I, I like the three ball. So it's the way that the league is going, and you still have the amazing firepower off the bench. I love the fact that the bench is like another unit, and that the fact that Nerlens Noel is back yep. is also going to be huge because I love Mitchell Robinson. He hasn't gotten any better since he got into the league. He's been the same player, which is fine. He's a solid player. But Nerlens Noel gives you – 
just the same amount of defensive versatility that Mitch gives you when Mitch is in the game. Um, I really like Noel's minutes and I just, you know, anything to get Taj Gibson off the floor, anything, <laughs> anything. I can't watch that guy. No. And one player who's really coming into his own now is RJ Barrett. I mean, offensively, defensively, the kid has, has really come into his own and it, it, it's great to see. But like you said, Chris, I mean, with the Knicks last year, I mean, especially in the playoffs, it was just Randall putting up 30 shots a game, making nine, right. 10 of them. So it's nice that they do have some help for him. And Obi Toppin is starting to look a little bit better. I do want to see a little bit more consistency from Emmanuel quickly. He's kind of uh, fallen under now with Kemba as the starting point guard and Rose as the number two. But um, overall, I think we do still see a Knicks team in the playoffs this season hopefully, you know, not a play-in or anything probably over a six seed. But it's a, it's a promising start for the Knicks. Uh, you know, you look at, like, a guy like Kevin Knox. I mean, he's just – he's not even playing anymore. I don't even know why he's on the bench. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another one that they can't get rid of soon enough. Like, I, I just I, – I hate the, the, the sight of him on the bench, like you said. Um, it's a good point you make about quickly – I'd hate to see that guy take a step back. He was so yeah. good in his rookie season. But when you add veterans that are going to take shots and take playing time, it, it is going to get really difficult for him to find his way a little bit. Obi Toppin has looked amazing as well. I, I, I was wrong on that pick. And when R.J. Barrett got drafted, I was wrong about him. He's done. R.J. has done nothing but get better <laughs> since he was in the league. Man. Yeah. He's done nothing but get better. And I, I love the player he's turned into. And I think he's got an even higher ceiling than what he's at right now. Um, you know, the, the hitting the threes at like a 50% clip right now, I think for the season it's 42%, but the past few games, he's over 50% hitting threes. That's something I would have never, ever expected him to be doing at the NBA level when I was watching him in college. So kudos to both of them for proving me wrong. The last two first round picks there. Jesse, any thoughts and on your all, favorite hey, team? Hey, I mean, Hey, Douglas, you're you're totally valid in not trusting any of the New York Knicks draft picks after uh, Frank Nilakina, Kevin Knox. Um, My guy know, that, Frank that's... is falling down south. Give him, give him his credit. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, the Knicks are, are I mean, liable to mess it up. You're right, Jesse. I really, I really wish you know they re-signed Reggie Bullock with the high volume threes that they're taking. I really felt like he would have fit this team better than he even fit the team last year. And I think Burke steps role, in nice, though. Burke steps in He does. Nice. Oh, for sure. But I think I think using Burks as a um, secondary ball handler, shot creator kind of thing, and then having Bullock as a glue guy could have, you know, really helped because Bullock is a great shooter. Um, and I felt like he was the guy who always hit the really big shot for them last year. So, you know, I just wish that if they knew this three-point revolution was kind of going on, that they would have kept him. But this is what happens when a team lives by the three, dies by the three. You win games and you're going to shoot yourself out of games. But most of the time, if you're a good enough three-point shooting team, you will make the playoffs. That's that's where the game is heading. Yeah. Uh, Knicks have a uh, tough opponent coming up uh, Friday against Milwaukee primetime on ESPN. So a little scary them losing two in a row. But, again, it's early in the season and things – they definitely look improved um, – from last season, which is nice to see. Now, Jesse, we'll flip uh, over to you. You used your political power to get Eric Adams into office <laughs> for New York City mayor and exercise that right. 
the Nets, another team with controversy with Kyrie Irving not playing, and Eric Adams coming in saying uh, he wants to come in and change some mandates. So, you know, Kyrie might be coming back in January. Not exactly sure. Steve Nash said today he would welcome Kyrie with open arms. But the Nets are ultimately 5-3, and three, starting to get back into the winning ways after a slow start. Jesse, your thoughts so far on the year? I mean, you know, this is a team that is working – so many new guys into the rotation. Um, they had Aldridge last year. They lost him to the retirement. He's back now. Um, they get Patty Mills. He's supposed to be predominantly the sixth man, which he still is, but also now losing Kyrie. That kind of, you know, messes his minutes up in a certain way. Um, then they got Javion Carter, who's got awful, and I hate that he gets minutes, um, <laughs> but they continue to play him. We have the rookies that we tried to play a little bit here and there. Um, so there's there's a lot of difference, you know, minutes going on. Uh, Claxton's been out for a couple of days now with a non-COVID illness. So that's also been a little interesting. Um, and Blake Griffin can't hit threes. So that, that's been interesting too. But um, I mean, this this team is this team is still really good. That's that's really my takeaway. Um, Harden's playing himself into shape. You're like literally every game watching him. Um, he gets better usually by the quarter. Uh, he didn't look good in the first half of the Atlanta game. He only had three points. He had shot pretty much only three times. He finishes the game. He has like five three pointers, um, like 13 assists. Um, and this is a team that in January, when I think Kyrie Irving's going to be coming back, if the league is still doing what the league is now where they're not calling those fouls, those ticky-tack fouls, Kyrie Irving's going to be a better player than when he left because Kyrie Irving is – Kyrie Irving's best skill is like – he's like Kobe-esque where you see him take this stupid, ridiculous shot that you're like, there is absolutely no way that's going in, and it doesn't even touch anything. It just sinks straight through the net. Um he is one of the toughest basket getters that you can possibly watch. Um, and that's what he does best. And they're about to add that to a team who right now is 22nd in the NBA in scoring top seven in defense. Nice. Something that is so interesting about the Nets this year <laughs> that absolutely nobody is talking about top seven in defense. I think like top two in like paint defense we are 22nd in offense. Um, once Durant is off the court, second best scorer on the team is probably LaMarcus Aldridge right now. Yeah, that's fair. tough. That's tough. We'll see if the Nets have to address the buyout market like they did last season. Yeah. Good old good old Brooklyn. Good old, don't have any room. <laughs> I know. They're, they're going to be a championship contender, let, let's be honest. They're most likely going to make it if they do get Kyrie Irving back. But we'll have to wait and see until January or maybe sooner if Kyrie well, wants to get vaccinated. One thing that I'm super interested in, Kyrie's made a big deal about him sitting out was about not about the vaccination. It was about workers being mandated to be vaccinated and how that wasn't fair and how he was wanted to be in solidarity with those people. Well, if Eric Adams is coming into office and is going to work and change those mandates, technically Kyrie should 
either get vaxxed and come back early or i mean i don't see why when january rolls around he doesn't get vaccinated um but maybe he'll pull an aaron Rodgers and say he's immunized <laughs> so we'll see we'll see if you can convince him jesse i know you've dm'd him probably a thousand times on instagram but Always. let's let's move along to the west coast and the Los Angeles Lakers, another roller coaster season. Uh, LeBron year 19. I, I totally forgot Russell Westbrook was on this team uh, and Carmelo as well. But the big names, they are averaging all the points. And then there's everybody else. Uh, AD averaging 25 points per game, as we uh, pretty much expected him to. LeBron 24.8. Uh, Carmelo at 16 and a half. And Russell with 19.4 points per game. They've beat bad teams and lost to good teams. So what are we what are we thinking about the Lakers season? I think that they've they've doubled down um, on something that LeBron has been probably asking them to do for a while with getting in veterans who he trusts, at least knows, have been in situations where when it comes down to it in the playoffs, they've been there before and they act like they've been there before. So obviously at the top of the list is Carmelo Anthony uh, in terms of being in a primetime game and being that guy. Um, he's going to hit big shots all season. I'm not going to tell you he's going to average 20 plus points. I don't even know if he can keep up his current pace, but yeah. off the bench, he's going to hit big shots consistently. And Westbrook is going to get you there for the first three quarters. Um, the last game last night that they played was the most impressive game that I've seen them put together, even though they narrowly escaped it. It was and we also we have to say they were playing against the Houston Rockets. Uh, absolutely. That game, and that game had no business opponent. being that close. And it's still <laughs> to me, it was still impressive the way that they have their roles kind of settling themselves out. Westbrook gets you there through three quarters. LeBron takes over in the fourth quarter. LeBron took all of the shots for the team basically in the fourth quarter. That's how it should be. It's him or AD in the fourth. Um, and LeBron has to be ball, uh primary ball handler in the second half fourth quarter as well that's a huge thing but Westbrook's going to get you there Westbrook will give you 20 points all season long and get you get you know create shots for other people I like some of the moves that they made but I'm not surprised that they've been so inconsistent you know you barely beat the baby rockets I understand (laughs) but you know it's to me they're still working it out they're going to figure it out and I still like the Lakers to be competing for the Western Conference Finals if not representing the West when it comes down to it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how far I can trust this team in the playoffs, uh, the way that they're built now. I also don't know what their injury report is going to look like in the playoffs and whether that's going to have Anthony Davis on it or not. Um, I love the mellow signing. I think that's great. I think the Malik Monk signing is also great. Very, very underrated. Um, He's been, he's been a fantastic get that I think anybody, as soon as he got out of Charlotte, was going to see that they were kind of limiting him in his role. But, you know, it's they're, they're riding the Westbrook roller coaster. And um, yeah. as a fan of Westbrook through multiple years, through multiple seasons, I was one of the biggest supporters of his MVP year. You know, you got to accept Russell Westbrook's faults as well. And maybe LeBron and Anthony Davis can step up for that because as Douglas alluded to, Russell Westbrook can keep you in games all the way through the first three quarters. He tends to lose you them in the fourth. Um, he likes to shoot a lot of shots that he doesn't make. 
he likes to think he is a lot better shooter than he is. Um, and maybe we like to continue to think that as his regression continues, we said it in Houston, oh, Westbrook's not taking those shots. He understands. He understands that he can't make those shots. But then he always regresses and starts to do it again. So I'm really interested to see how this roller coaster is going to go with Westbrook, Davis, and LeBron, because they're three just physical players. None of them are great shooters. The best shooter out of them is LeBron James. When your best shooter and your big three is LeBron James, you're like, oh, that's spacing. You know, how does that work? But they might be able to just brute force you into, you know, a muddy game that if they're not calling the fouls the way that they used to, it could work. It has potential. I'm really going to be interested to see what moves, you know, they make, if any, because this team doesn't have much depth. Despite the Carmelo Anthony and the Malik Monk signing, that's pretty much their depth. They're giving DeAndre Jordan legit minutes. DeAndre (laughs) Jordan didn't get legit minutes last year from the Nets, and the Nets played Timothy Luau Cabarro, who might be the worst player in the NBA. And I'm not joking when I say that. He, he didn't even, he didn't even get player. minutes on the Knicks. He barely got minutes no. with them too. <laughs> nope. But they're like, they started DeAndre for multiple games and tried to make it work throughout the preseason. Um, you know, Dwight's going to be Dwight and he'll, he'll be good in the playoffs for you for maybe 10 to 12 minutes. But this team depth wise, you want to talk about a team that needs to hit the buyout market when it happens. It's the Lakers big yeah. time because they don't, they don't have the guy's depth even though they're such an old team. I would, yeah. I would pull the plug on the Avery Bradley experiment as soon as possible as well. Um, yeah, no, he, that's another he's guy. He's not, he's, not, he's not what he was. And I think he can have these stretches um, similar to, you know, I think a, a very streaky player. Like he can – some people are like, oh, well, you know, if he, he's a really good defender. For stretches, there are games that he just gets cooked – like yeah. there's there's things where I don't think a championship level team or a team that wants to compete can legitimately put Avery Bradley out there as a backup who is taking legit minutes. And this is where we're seeing the Russell Westbrook trade hurt them. They don't have Kuzma. They don't have Harold. They don't have Caldwell Pope. That is all of their depth. It's in yeah. Washington. And as we've seen, that's led Washington to be a pretty good regular season team so far. Yeah, the talent is playing well in Washington, but nevertheless, it is very early on in the NBA season. So we'll see. We'll, we'll reassess in a couple of months, maybe after Christmas, Jesse. We're, you know, we'll, uh, well, of course, you know, our fearless leader, our fearless leader, Justin Valtovic, <laughs> predicting that by New Year's Eve, the Knicks, Heat, and Wizards will still hold the one, two, and three seeds in the NBA. Chris, I know I see your face on that one. It is kind of funny. But, Chris, thank you for, for taking time out of the day to uh, to hop on with us. We will definitely be having you on again soon. I know uh, MLB offseason stuff is going to be starting uh, along with NFL. That, uh, that never stops. So thank you all for listening. Please follow us on all our socials, and we'll see you in the next episode.